Hi guys, ako si Lynn. Ako yung mag-anak ng lifelong partner. Hi friends, I'm Kat. Ako yung in lababo at the moment. <laughs> And welcome to... Tee. With the Tidas. That's your podcast. podcast. Yes. So in this episode of Tee with the Tidas, um, Kat and I are going to answer the 36 questions that lead to love. I've read these questions um, several years ago and was quite interested. And it's just the first time for me to discuss it with someone. Yeah, so Mandy Lynn Catron's Modern Love. It's a, um, it's a study from, from um, a psychologist named Arthur Aaron and others. And it kind of asks something about intimacy and it will bring out some vulnerability in somebody or between you two, if you guys ask this, like between you and your partner. And therefore, yeah. it would foster would foster closeness, like yeah. hopefully. <laughs> Sorry, Kat. So this three mm-hmm. questions were divided into three sets with 12 questions each. So for today, this episode, we're we're going to answer set one with 12 questions. With so, 12 questions yeah. that are actually daunting. So. Yeah, I, I don't know how to answer them. Shall we? <laughs> going to try. So the first question, Kat, given the choice of anyone in the world, who would you want to ask the dinner guest? You, yeah. Oh my God. Um, um Who would I want to be uh, as a dinner guest? Holy crap, this is hard. Um, I have a, a few people who aren't around in the world anymore <laughs> that I look up to like, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, or um, well, to be honest, I'm away from my family, so maybe in a realistic way, I would like to dine um my family, um, especially my mom, because I haven't seen my mom in the longest time, so she would actually be a dinner guest if I actually cook for dinner. I haven't seen her in a long, long time, so that would be something, because that would be relearning somebody who I know, um, yeah. from from way back um yes and let's go to <laughs> i don't know if that's a good enough answer for some reason these questions would actually um uh, make you uh think back mm. do, do you want to know my answer to that question yes yes absolutely. it's either rbg or miriam defense or something oh see it's so hard this question it is yeah it's quite hard I, I I'm pretty sure you have lots of questions. She's uh, Miriam Defensor Santiago. Somebody I look up to too. Okay, so number two, would you like to be famous in what way? I think I would like to be famous, um, but not too famous. <laughs> <laughs> like in I would way? like to be famous yeah. in what way? Um, maybe in my in my form of in the form of art, like. Like, hopefully, I get better at my painting and my photo editing and my video editing. Um, it's it's something that is not related to um, my work and my study um, because I'm always in the medical field and I feel like it's an escape and I like to be famous because of that for some reason. Um, and will also cost revenue. So there's a practical reason to it and, and kind of a success, I think. Would you like to be famous? Um, yes. First and foremost, actually, the only thing I would like to be 
the only reason why I would like to be famous is that being famous would allow you to have this platform to reach people all over the world. Yes. So, yes, yes I would like to be famous. In what way? I would like to be famous as a writer, either a fiction writer or um, an academic writer. You know me, I'm a research scientist, and I would like to explain my work in such a way that most people would understand it. So I would like to publish a book about my work in Leymanster. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. You've actually, you're starting. You're starting. So thank you. Yes, yeah. I am. So number three, cat. Before, Before making a telephone, do you do you ever rehearse what you are going to say and why? For me, I do. If it would be an, a very important call, like for example, I'll be talking to my investment advisor because I tend to be like all over the place that he will not understand me. So I tend to like write it down sometimes like this is point one point two point three so that i don't forget anything that's essential or if i talk to like my boss or um some but something related to work like uh, talking to an hr person or um a director that happens sometimes so i usually do rehearse like even the good morning part just so it would ease me off mm -hmm. um but when I talk to family and friends, um, sometimes I rehearse like jokes. Like for example, um, I pretend like I'm working in McDonald's. I call them and pretend I'm working in McDonald's or something. Just silly stuffs. But other than that, I'm like, just call. And I do call a lot more than I text. So I'm pretty con I'm pretty comfortable like talking over the phone. Would you rehearse? Um not verbatim, but I would have to review in my mind the points that I needed to get through with the person on the other end of the call. So I would have to make sure that all the points I have are probably listed in my head or somewhere else. So at least that, but not every word that I would say. Okay, so number four, what would constitute a perfect day for you? Oh, this is interesting. Because you just had an adventure. Um, a perfect day for me. So I have different kinds of day. Like perfect, perfect day. A perfect chill day would be like I would have time to like fix all of my chores. Um, I would have time for my painting. I would have time to fix my editing. I would have time to read. I would have time to go to the gym and go for a walk by the beach or go for a hike and go for a bike ride. I know this is almost impossible in one day because it takes like I don't know so much time to do one thing and I would have talked to my family and friends and I would have made dinner um, or I would have baked something so it's all I think I think mostly tita, tita stops. <laughs> Same. My perfect day for me is Probably any day that goes according to my plan, the plan that I have in my head. You know me, I always have like a checklist of things to do. Mm -hmm. But unlike other people, the perfect day for me is something not without a crisis, but something that had a crisis averted successfully. Mm -hmm. So crisis will always be there. 
but I should be able to avert it or solve it successfully. Yeah. And also, a perfect day would be a day where I finish all my chores. <laughs> Which never happens for some reason. The chores like kept piling up. Even if you list everything, there would be like there's a couple of things you don't you don't put in the list that you see and then you do and oh my gosh for some reason it never gets finished but that would be a really good feeling to have a crisis be averted successfully that would be a really really beautiful feeling at the end of the day yeah that's true that's like a perfect day for me and okay. number five why did you last sing to yourself i think that was five minutes ago for you someone else or um i typically sing in the shower and my voice is not pretty sometimes um sometimes my boyfriend um splashes cold cold water to me if i do that Mm, but i still sing anyway so that's that's just today probably 30 minutes ago um (laughs) to someone else um, since I'm always with my partner, I guess also. Um, but to actually prepare something and sing something, um, I think it has been months and months ago, like probably half a year ago. I was trying to learn ukulele and I'm recording myself, so I'm technically singing to myself. Um, and I recorded um, Can't Help Falling in Love by Elvis Presley on a ukulele with my very very ugly voice but the uke is on tune my voice isn't <laughs> so the, uh, i know you do i know you sing on your showers too i think oh very rarely these days i don't know i feel a bit alone i think the last time i sang to myself was last month when i was singing along with the with the songs i was listening to when i was trying to meditate in bed so probably last month yeah Late oh you know what let's make this question interesting what was the song do you remember i think something from ed sheeran or coldplay oh because the last song i sang is just literally banana 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 <laughs> that's why i get splashes of cold water i cannot blame him no wonder <laughs> <laughs> I pour that and bucket to you. Okay, okay, number six. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? I'd probably have to retain my mind. I have to stay sane and not forgetful. And then honestly, because my mind, well, you know, my mind is my bread and butter. For some reason... Um, I have a weird reasoning on this. I would choose the body because I know I know um I know a centenarian. She's 102 years old and she's still sharp. So if wow. I can train my mind and I can help my mind to to um be able to be functioning well until that age, well she's done it, so I think I can do it. Um but your body, it's almost impossible to have a 30-year-old body with a 90-year-old age. Yeah. That's but true. the mind, the, but the yeah. mind, if you continue feeding it, if you continue um, 
giving exercises to your brain, you can actually retain a pretty sharp mind. So I have a few centenarians I'm taking care of, and they're pretty sharp. Some of them can still walk. They still go around, yeah. We just walk her. Mm -hmm. And if you are able to keep your mind, you can have the other things that you needed to be done. Exactly, exactly. So I would, in this question, in this question, like knowing that I can actually train my mind to be sharp until the age of 100, I would choose a body of a 30-year-old because that's almost a miracle. Just because of that reasoning. Well, I don't know. You know, you know the designer Vera Wang? I know. There's a lot of actually um people who go to the gym and this is not because of race or something, but um I'm going to the gym and I see a lot of Japanese uh old people that are probably seventies or eighties. They go to the gym and they're pretty fit and they can lift more than I can lift. So maybe I we can actually have this 30 almost 30 year old body with um a 90 year old age. It's actually it's probably possible with that how we're living right now if you're if you're living really healthy. Oh that is given if you can train your brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me, I answered if I can train my body. That's true. Yeah. 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 Given um old age. So anyway. I feel I just feel like maybe um having the body of a 30 year old is more difficult to achieve than having a mind of a 30 year old. I don't know for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, um this centenarian had a huge impact on me in a way that she lived a hundred years and she's still open to changes. I mean most of the old people and I don't say this in a mean way, most of the old people I took care um are very racist or close-minded because of how they they lived years ago like decades ago it's it's a different world back then they weren't open to um races they weren't open to um different genders and all that they were even open to tattoos um but this person is had is very open to change so that's why um i just feel like i can be like her somehow Anyway, moving on. Mm-hmm. We should always try. Moving on. Number seven. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Well, you think I actually do. This is the reason why I'm afraid of heights. I feel like I will die. Every, like, if I will fall, like, I feel like if I will die, I feel like it's because of a fall. It, for me, it's because of a sickness or an vehicular accident. That's why I would mm-hmm. never drive. Mm-hmm. I probably won't drive. Yeah. Yeah, I think you just have to conquer that kind of fear so you don't feel that way. Because yeah. I still I still do like um zip lining, I still cross um skywalks because I'm afraid of heights. I still go for hiking, that's rock climbing, because I'm afraid of heights, just to just to ease my mind off that fear. Yeah, so, so you should probably go for a drive, Patrick. I'm scared. I forgot to drive. Oh, uh, I, I am. My license, every time you put it off, your anxiety increases. And I know this because I've been putting my driver's license off too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
Number eight, eight things you and your partner appear to have in common. I don't have a partner, so you mm. answer this. Okay. Well, you will answer this in a way that if you have a partner, what do you think would you have in common? Okay, so you go first. Um, I have... um. My partner is outgoing and sporty. I'm not as sporty as he is, but he is um, outgoing and sporty. And that's something I really like. Um, also, he is uh, very sweet. A lot of my friends say I'm sweet. And I feel like that's one, one thing in common for us. He's very sweet. If I'm sweet, he's almost sweet and corny. Um, <laughs> and I, I kind of have... Oh, we both, which this is the most surprising of all things that I found out. It is a sweet tooth. Most men Ooh. don't have a sweet tooth. They, they like um, salty and spicy, right? Mm-hmm. As But he has a sweet tooth, and it's so funny. One time, we, we had a really huge argument, and we were so stressed. He bought ice cream. I bought ice cream. We went home. And we found each other like holding ice cream, like two buckets of ice cream. And he started laughing after that. So, um, yeah, it is funny. It is funny. <laughs> that was that was really funny. So, those are like some of the common things we have in in common. Um, for me, if I were to have a partner, I would think that um should be more expressive because you know me I'm stoic my face is always like this if I'm happy I'm not happy I'm sad if I'm not sad my face is always like this which baffles everyone but since I am stoic my partner should I think I hope would have an easier face to me like Mm. expressions are very well painted on his face. So that's number one. Number two, I'm quite serious. So probably he's a bit humorous. Wait, Ate, sorry. Um, we're talking about common things you would probably have together. Oh, that's my what do you call that? That's the thing opposite. My umbrella yeah. answer. I have one mm-hmm. umbrella answer, which is we complement each other. Mm. So that one, I'm stoic, he's expressive, I'm serious, he's humorous, something like that. I'm dense, he's expressive. So I only have that one thing. We complement each other. So would you think hmm? would you think your partner would be like into books too? Would you do you feel that hunch? I really hope he would, but I think he wouldn't. <laughs> okay, you have that hunch that he wouldn't be into books. Yeah, um, how about into books. traveling? Yes, because I don't think I can have a partner who hates travel. It's not. It's, it's not going to work. Thing that I would compromise with. Mm. That's still good to know, you guys. That <laughs> is still up for <laughs> for the grabs. <laughs> At least I know if you don't like traveling, then it couldn't be your partner. Sorry. Number nine, for what in your life do you feel most grateful? For what in your life do you feel most grateful? Yeah. I think um, the family, my health, my environment, growing up and like here now, it's something I'm grateful for. For what? Am I saying, am I answering this correctly? Yeah. It's, it's different. 
I feel like it would I would have been a very different person and I wouldn't have been successful in a way that I am right now if I have a different environment growing up and how I am right now like the environment I have right now because I'm lucky that I have a very supportive and um healthy environment I would say I would like to answer the same way as you did but no we're not it's not the same i don't have the supportive environment that you have but i do have the leverage in terms of opportunity mm-hmm. um, so it's it's part of my work so a lot of people were born bereft of opportunity structures that a lot of people have and so they are very late should i say late they're far off from the race that people like So I'm just glad that I had a leverage from the beginning, which is actually a blessing because mm-hmm. I know some people actually know. I know that a lot of people are more industrious, more diligent, smarter, kinder, every earth relative that get put in there than I am. But I do have that opportunity structure that catapulted me to where I am now. So life isn't fair and I am very much aware of my blessings in that way. So yeah. I really am glad to have that. This is getting serious. All right. This is getting serious. See, this is why this yeah. is why it's important to this kind discuss this kinds of things to somebody to somebody yeah. who's important. important to you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, number 10. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? You do, you go first. My parents are very conservative and very strict. And then being raised in such family, I wish that I had not mirrored my parents' belief and put these beliefs, beliefs in a pedestal. Because mm-hmm. what I learned from them is what I have been following for most of my years without even questioning if this is right or wrong. It's just that I was raised this way, so I would have naturally thought that it is the right way. But the thing is, there are better ways. My parents tend to be very narrow-minded because they're very conservative and strict Asian parents. So, yeah, that would be it. Mm-hmm. There's a pros and cons in that area, but I can see where you're coming from. That is yeah. difficult, yes. It would have been different if you're, you had a different mindset. Um, I think it would be on like how protective my dad would have been and uh, my mom before um, I wish they were more open to other opportunities other than academics they when we were when we were growing up um, my mom and my dad are very um, focused on academics and I, I wish that they would be like um open to uh extracurricular activities and this extracurricular activities are actually um helping people to develop develop their character right and that's that's very very important yeah that's that's just something um my dad's very protective but other than that i feel like um i have in no way um in a position to to comment or uh, complain about how I was raised because it's it's hard to 
grace um, for kids when you're physically just alone. So that is something I keep example of how protective cat's dad is. When she was on a field trip on a bus, the two brothers and the dad followed the bus with their own car. So they're practically all on a field trip with her. So that's how protective yeah, yeah. dad is. Yeah. And every time she he picks her out from school, every everyone from the school knows Kat your rides here. Yeah. That's how yeah. it was for her. I wouldn't have like I didn't mind that part in the field trip to be honest, because um like it's okay, I feel safe also. Like I can tell these stories with my brother, my brothers. But um like in a way that I wish they were open to like um, me wanting to to go to karate or me wanting to learn how to swim I don't know how to swim or me wanting to like um, um, play volleyball or tennis um, they weren't really open to that kinds of stuff too they're like just academic academic but yeah I could have used a little ease on on the protectiveness of my dad I think <laughs> it would have been nice you know it's funny that it's the that's one thing that is different from you and I because their dad is like that and my parents they were just like get out get off from my side get off from the house just do whatever and roll does not swimming and roll does not karate and roll does not just like blah 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 because they don't want to babysit well they never babysit but you know they're like get away from my side study here mm-hmm. so which is funny so I love it take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible all that Oh, maybe we should skip this part. Are we? Are we? Four minutes and tell that. your partner your life story as much detail as possible. Four minutes. I don't want to answer that, obviously. Like, not in a podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually hard to do this in four minutes. Also, I would probably have lots of commercials telling this story. So maybe let's skip that part. But that is very, very important. If you're listening to this and you're checking down they're taking note of the questions, although they are available in the New York Times. Um, yeah, number 11 is very important. Do not skip it. Take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. Okay, number 12. The if you would wake up. Mm-hmm. Number 12. If you would wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? I'm too greedy to answer that in one with one quality or ability. So let me think. I have an answer for this and I've I've always wanted this. And I know it's possible, but it would take me a lot of a lot of work. That would be a polylinguist. Polyglot. Um, polyglot. Which like knowing, knowing knowing a lot of languages. I feel like um this is the thing. If you learn language and I try to do this, it is not just learning the language, it's actually learning their culture because how they use their language like where nouns and pronouns and verbs are placed is actually you will see how they how they will think how they are thinking so that's that's an appreciation that i actually got from learning language it's learning their culture and their their way of thinking in um in a way that you it's almost like a mode right if you like for example go to a french mode it feels different when you speak French rather than when you speak English or you speak Filipino because you're almost like thinking like French people when you speak French. I don't know. For some reason, I felt that way. I have an answer. I think I have three answers for that. I'm so pleased. That's okay. 
Number one would be a world-class violinist because I'm a frustrated violin player. Number two would be a an author. I really wanted to be an author, a bestseller one. Like New York Times bestseller or something like that. Like a very prolific writer, John Bershom, Daniel Steele, Magani. And number three, stock stock market antics. Like I want to be a really great trader. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's a hunch. Like like it Warren. is a hunch. Yeah, a very right? good hunch. An so, educated hunch, actually. Yeah. I mean, he started investing what when he was in his teen years and he knows where. That's why he's called the, the Wizard of Omaha. So that's that's the three things. Mm, interesting. Yeah. We would, we Your second more. answer, actually, you're technically a prolific writer. In just one year, you almost chunk up two or three books. So I would say you've got second, but you just have to maybe gain more audience. Yes. I needed a platform to do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I'm about to publish my third book. And it's just uh, um, thinking about the cover. I have the contents already. Just the cover. If I would design it myself or have someone design it, I just wait. Really, you yeah, still have time. 42 of this year. So there you have it, guys. That's set one. It went from very light to a little heavy, which I think this questions will get heavier by by number. Yeah, we'll <laughs> anyway, see set two and set three. Um, yeah, we'll see you for set two and set three. Definitely stay tuned. Um, and if you want to know these questions, go to the New York Times. It's available there. There are 36 questions that lead to love. It was written by... Daniel Jones and published on January 9, 2015. So you can search it online. Yeah. Great. We'll see you or hear you. Thank or you. Tune in. See you again. Next time. Bye, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs>